0: Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. Today I'm joined by my co-host Evan Garcia. What's up people? And we have a special guest today filling in Abby's spot. We have with us Macy Wilborn. Hi. So Macy why don't you go ahead before we get into our episode today talk a little bit about yourself and what your involvement is in FFA and agriculture and that sort of thing.
1: So my name is Macy Wilborn as he stated and I go to Tulare Western High School and I've been involved in the FFA for all four years of my high school career and I've also been involved in ag since basically since I was born I was born and raised on a ranch with my parents we raised beef cattle um, kind of as a side hobby and for uh, sort of profit and I've been showing beef cattle, both heifers and steers, for a very long time. So that's my background in agriculture. Alright,
0: perfect. So, today's topic, guys, is going to be a little bit of a a hefty one. It's one that I've wanted to cover for a long time, but you need to take the right amount of time to do this sort of topic just because of how important it is and how many people are passionate about this kind of thing. But we're going to be tackling animal rights today. Well, more animal rights versus animal welfare, what, what people believe on both sides. Um. So in addressing that topic, we're going to go over the, um, the actual issue itself, kind of define some terms and go over that sort of thing, maybe even the origin of, of where it all came from. And then we're going to open it to kind of just an, an open discussion where we'll talk about both sides and what they both believe and, and kind of just go from there. Um, because of this caliber of topic, this might go a little bit longer. And if it does, I'll split it into two parts like I did with the urbanization episode, but it'll kind of just... Well, it'll depend on how much we want to talk and what exactly we want to say. So that being said uh, I think we're going to start off here just by explaining what exactly animal rights are and what animal welfare is um, so there's an article that is posted by Southern Fried Science it's an article that Evan and I have used in a bunch of speeches on this on this topic and it states that animal welfare advocates for strict adherence to humane practices to reduce stress and suffering. So they still believe in the Um, the use of animals for human purposes or human benefits as long as those animals do not suffer unnecessarily or have any unnecessary treatment or pain that is negative. Whereas, on the flip side, animal rights believe that animals have fundamental rights and they may even advocate for a bill of rights of some sort, basically saying that animals are equivalent to humans and how they should be treated in how they act and how they uh, think, and, and they basically believe that animals should not be use for agricultural purposes that we shouldn't be allowed to eat them or use their byproducts for any of the daily things we do use them for and this is kind of where the um the controversy sparks so where do you draw the line animal rights versus animal welfare and, and how far is too far in terms of using animals for various things and then there's actually a third faction that i'm kind of i'm going to kind of go over just a little bit it's called animal protectionism and it's one that people don't really know a whole lot about just because they're a little bit more quiet um they believe a lot of the same things that animal welfareists believe that animals should be used for human consumption that they, um, there's no problem with with animals being used as long as they're not abused inappropriately, and they're the only difference between them and animal welfareists is they don't believe in hunting for sport. They don't believe in if you hunt to feed yourself. Then I, from what I understand, that's that's okay, but um, they don't believe that the improper exploitation of animals for just game and sport purposes is right. So. Those are kind of the three main factions we're going to be talking about here. Mostly animal rights versus animal welfare it tends to be the one that's the most popular. Um, so going into that, I think that, that pretty much sums up what this what all goes down to. Oh, one, one, one quick statistic I wanted to throw in there before we start. Um, there's an article by Gallup that states that, I believe it's 32, yeah, 32% 32, uh, of Americans believe that animals should be given the same rights as people. So. of our population is on board with the animal rights side of this. Um, And 62% say that they deserve some protection but can still be used for the benefit of humans. So we tend to fall into that 62%. The 32% is the the side that we're going to have to be discussing today. Um, But yeah, so facts aside, this is kind of going to be open into the the discussion aspect of this episode. Um, And again, this discussion is not... Not to say that anyone is wrong for not siding with us, but we're, go- we're gonna be providing both sides of the, um, of the argument here. And obviously, as you guys know, we, we take a little bit of a bias towards one side, but that's not gonna be showing up in, in the episode. We're gonna be giving a fair argument for, for both sides of basically every point we make. So that being said, I'd like to uh, open the discussion to our two guests here, well, guests and co-hosts. Uh, whoever wants to start, go ahead.
1: Um, I think adding on to your statistic that you stated, um, I also have another statistic here that states 20% of the population is employed in agriculture, and I think that that is one main factor of people not really understanding what it is that people do in agriculture, um, and they don't understand that we're not trying to purposely hurt animals for fun, we're not trying to do anything like that, but we're using them simply for purpose. Like you' are <laughs> using purposes. them for beneficial yeah. purposes. Yeah. yeah no,
0: I agree. Um, I think that that's kind of the where this whole thing stems from is just it's just a lack of understanding and knowledge about what's actually going on. Um, I mean. Obviously that not all M rights uh, supporters are activists like we see on social media. A lot of them are actually pretty decent people. I've had conversations with people that are very civil about it, but they still believe what they believe. And it all boils down to they don't understand why we do what we do. Um, I think that's something that needs to be fixed. And some of them do understand it and they still don't agree with it, which is acceptable. It's just, you know, as long as you understand what you're talking about, then I, I don't really have a problem with you saying whatever you're going to say. Um, that being said, Evan, you got anything you wanted to add to that, that first point? I can listen to you talk about this all day. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, one more thing to add on to that is, again, this podcast is dedicated to improving ag literacy and to promote agricultural education of any kind. Um, so that first point I think was a good one to go over, the, the lack of understanding of that, because that's something that we, um as part of this project are trying to improve upon, uh, just you know educating more people about the issue and maybe not necessarily changing their minds, but just making sure they understand more of, of both sides and, and why we do what we do and how important it is to the world. So.
1: I think one of the most important things is getting out information from both sides, but also making sure that it's actual facts and not just making stuff up mm-hmm. because there are um, social media is one huge way that, like, a lot of pictures and videos and articles get out there. Right. And um, I just saw a video last week that some animal rights activist posted on, I think it was Twitter and Facebook, maybe. And it was of a steer in a tilt shoe mm-hmm. getting its hooves trimmed. And, oh, I saw that. And mm-hmm. they claimed, they said, this is basically a death trap for cattle they put them in here and then it shakes them side to side and up and down and tortures the tortures them and squeezes them and kills them and that's not at all what it was (laughs) and so people who have no idea what it is they see this and they're like oh my gosh that's so sad I can't believe people do that so then they see like someone driving down the road with a chute on their trailer and they're just like oh my gosh those people are cattle killers how dare they
0: right and yeah i saw that same post and i thought the same thing i thought it was hilarious and you go in the comments because um that post is actually relayed to the my job depends on ag facebook page it's something that we brought on a lot on this podcast and just the whole community was just commenting on this saying, are you serious you don't understand that's a hoof trimmer and yeah. a lot of people don't they don't they don't understand what a hoof trimmer is they think that um, either cal- cattle don't need their hooves trimmed or they just do it like on the ground or, or maybe like a horse, they just like pick up one hoof at a time and fix mm-hmm. it. They don't understand that there's an actual shoot, and you have to turn them on their side in order to trim their hooves. Um, it actually relaxes the animals too. Right, yeah. right, yeah. That's something that a lot of people don't really take into account. And these animal rights activists, whether or not they actually know what the thing is, they see that as an opportunity to take advantage of the agriculture industry because it looks bad. Um,
1: my dad is a hoof trimmer that's what he does for his daily job and it's not at all painful to the animals they walk into the shoe perfectly fine and belts will like go up under their stomach mm -hmm. lift them up and it's actually like Evan said really comfortable really relaxing for them and then they just sit and get their little pedicure and then (laughs) they put them back down and they go on their way
0: yeah absolutely um so, yeah, that's, that's, that's one thing. I'm glad that we kind of got into the uh, social media aspect of that because I think that's something that's kind of been, been a big um, contributor to this issue growing as, as large as it is because uh, I talk about all, all the time how way back in the day, I mean, people harvested their own food. They had chickens in their backyard or they had a neighbor that had cows and they would go over and get milk. This was back before um, like the kind of larger farms started to became a, started become a thing you know, just a few decades back a lot of people farmed for themselves and at that point ag literacy was not much of an issue so animal rights wasn't much of an, wasn't much of an issue either because people understood that that's how you needed to live and um, i know a lot of animal rights today say that that's not the case anymore we don't need to live off of that lifestyle and i believe certain parts of that lifestyle certain parts of the agricultural or the animal agriculture industry maybe a little excessive, but you also have to keep in mind we're trying to feed a entire population, a world population here, and within the next thirty years we're gonna have to, you know, quadruple that uh, number of food we're producing and I mean the numbers are undeniable. Animal production is way more effective in feeding families than crop production. Not to say you don't need both, but and not to say you couldn't live off of just crops for the rest of your life. It probably wouldn't be um, the happiest lifestyle I think I, I love that steak but yeah. um, it's just it's kind of um, I don't see the the usefulness in an argument that says that we should just get rid of all animal farms because they're hurting animals when that's what well, all three of us know and a lot of you listeners know that's just that's far from the truth yeah. um, I'm not sure if it's more of, of a matter of just like we said people are not understanding the issue or maybe they just they don't like, they're they're not appreciative of all the steps that these farmers go through or they think they can get attention. I'm not sure what exactly is the underlying influence in all this. I was listening to an interview the other day with um, Ingrid Newkirk, and she's the founder of the um, PETA, the People uh, for the Ethical Treatment of Animals organization, which is one of the largest and most famous animal rights organizations uh, in the world. And she was having this interview, and she was basically myth busting I guess a lot of the myths about animal rights um, uh, just a lot of stuff that the media has posted about Um, like there was an old story about uh, PETA activists that took buckets of blood and threw them on celebrities wearing fur coats and she said that that didn't happen um, I don't I haven't seen enough of the evidence to say whether or not I did but um, she's also going through a lot of the arguments about um, basically that we don't need animal agriculture to sustain ourselves and i I just could not be more uh, opposed to that idea. Um, not that, not to say I'm opposed to the production of crops, but one steer, this, is, this has actually been recorded, I don't know what the actual source is, but there's there's been a, several studies that show that one steer, I mean anywhere from 1100 to 1400 pounds, has enough meat on it to feed an entire family of five for a full year, that's been proven. I have friends that have eaten off of their one steer for an entire year, it can be done. And, of course, you're going to need a more balanced diet to process all of that, but that just shows, I mean, how many acres of corn are you going to need to feed that same family that that one seer took care of? Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, in terms of the actual sustainability, I think the animal agriculture is much more sustainable than um, than it is harmful, uh, whether that means to the environment or to the animals themselves. I, I haven't seen enough evidence to, to prove otherwise.
1: Yeah. I think that what some people may perceive – differently or i i don't want to say wrong but um (laughs) they think that people just kill animals for fun and some people do and that's their decision it's whatever but a lot of people need to like survive off of hunting and um eating meat and different things like that that's part of their everyday life because like Brendan said one steer could feed a family five for a year how much corn do you need to do that that's right. so it's not like we just kill animals for fun because that's what we love to do it's not at all like that it's that we benefit everyone benefits from it whether it's eating or using different byproducts to make or using the different parts to make byproducts um so there's a lot of beneficial factors from that too it's not just that we're inhumane and we want to kill animals and that's what a lot of people perceive incorrect.
0: Right yeah I know the, the amount of animal byproducts in everyday um, products that we buy is just it's unbelievable. I mean there's animals in everything. Yeah. Um, the we, we actually just saw um, we were looking through pictures the other day and I found this whole picture I took at fair a couple years ago of like this board and it said all of the byproducts that a uh, that on average, most beef animals produce. And you had things like, obviously, like footballs. And you had, um, like, leather seats in cars. And then there was one that kind of surprised me. The keratin that is produced by the hooves of cattle are used to create the, um, the foam that firefighters use to put out fires. I didn't know that. that oh, didn't that's something that's that. kind of surprising. And there's a lot of different things. I mean, gummy bears are made out of animal fats and bones. And um, there's all kinds of different foods and there's all kinds of different products that are made from animals that we don't even think about. And so it's kind of just interesting to say because if you go into a, um, a slaughterhouse, they do not waste anything. Everything goes into a special spot. They have it all designated for certain areas and, and certain departments it's going to go to. And businesses take all that stuff and they turn it into something else. It's amazing. I mean, no part of the animal is wasted because we can't afford to waste any part of the animal. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think is often taken uh, for granted. And a lot of these people that are arguing that don't realize how much we really depend on these things for more than just food for everything. Um I mean, you look like you wanted to uh, say something there
2: you know yeah <laughs> Brenna makes a really good point when a lot of people claim to be you know uh, not so much the vegetarian but more of the vegan side you see more extreme people especially mm-hmm. even celebrities and famous people that claim to be vegan for the safety of the animals however they're wearing fur coats or leather and driving nice cars with leather in them and seem to have no idea that right there that's animal that's as much as the animal as eating it Mm -hmm. so um not only do they not understand that the practices to um, get these products are mostly done humanely they don't understand that they're
0: using the products that they're fighting against which is kind of counterproductive in their part yeah no it's just it's insane like i I didn't get to read this whole article, but I found this article, and it was listing all the different animal byproducts that are used uh, to produce all these different things. And it was crazy, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I said something about, like, computer chips have something from an animal in them. And I I don't remember exactly what it was now. I'd often go back and find it, but, like, everything has animals in them. Everything. And it doesn't matter if it's pigs. I mean, pigs are saving human lives. There's a lot of transplants using pig organs that humans are compatible with because pigs have very similar uh, digestive systems to humans, and um, that saved a lot of people's lives. You have, you have uh, pig hearts in people's bodies. They're saving their lives. And, like, it just comes down to, like we mentioned earlier, where do you draw the line? I mean, is it wrong to kill an animal if it's going to save a human? And I—even if the animal rights activists want to say that animals are equivalent to humans, that's still a life for a life. So it's like, how do you— how do you justify not killing an animal if it can save a human? It's obviously going to live a lot longer. It's obviously going to be more of a production to a society and that sort of thing. I think those are the, a lot of the questions that...
2: More of a production. It's going to be the only production to society <laughs>
0: because if you save the
2: pig and let it roam free, there is no production to society. That's true. Unless you store
0: that bacon and all that good stuff it's going <laughs> to give you, you eat it. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. It's true. And... Um, a lot of people also um, misunderstand what goes on when, when an animal is actually butchered. They think that we just take any old calf we see out in the pasture and okay, we're going to go butcher that one today. There's a, a process that goes in and a lot of animals, um, which there are animals designated specifically for beef. They're supposed to be butchered at a certain time, but a lot of animals, I mean, dairy cows and a lot of uh, product, uh, reproductive animals and um, even a lot of uh, younger calves they are given a good amount of, of life before they're butchered because there's literally no productive value in butchering something that's young enough to not produce any good meat. I, of course, there's veal calves, but that's that's a whole separate can of worms. Um, you have something you wanted to add on there? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so you have, like, because uh, I, I always talk to uh, kids about this. They're hesitant to show steers because they don't want um, their steer to get butchered. Like they're they're worried about their getting butcher, and they always ask me, "How can you show an animal, raise it for an entire year, and then watch it go onto that trailer, knowing it's not going to come back?" I said, "Because I know I gave it the best life I possibly could have. That thing was pampered; it had a better diet than I do. It was in front of a fan twenty four hours. It had clean water, a clean pen, and that thing got better exercise than I get on a daily basis. And I know it's going to be going on to feeding the world and making the world a better place because I did a good job to make sure of that. And it's like it's not a matter of." I just sold my pet. It's not like I sold my dog to go and, and die. I'm making sure this animal, you never get into an animal agriculture industry without, you know, with, without the expectation that things are going to go wrong. And by go wrong, I don't necessarily mean, um, like, catastrophes like your you like up and gets pneumonia and dies, because those are common too. But I mean, like, go wrong in the sense that you're going to have to get rid of those animals at some point. Because if you go into the – it happens every year. You have kids who get so freaked out by um, their animals dying after fair that they buy back their animals, and they keep them and get them fat, and then those animals get so fat that they can't even walk anymore and that they're miserable because they're so overweight. That It's it's way worse than just putting them out of their misery and letting them feed somebody and make them happy.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's good knowing that you're not just – you didn't raise this animal and then it's just going to die and get thrown – in the garbage. It's good knowing that what you did is benefiting someone else. You're feeding people with what you've done over the course of an entire year.
0: Right, no, I, absolutely. And there's this, um, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, okay, so there's this Instagram page for this pig. It's called Pinky the Hampshire Pig. Have you heard of this? <laughs> no. So there's this Instagram page for this pig. The owner of this pig took her to fair and was supposed to put her on the trailer to go to butcher, but she didn't want the pig to die. Mm -hmm. So she ended up stealing the pig and raising it on her own at home. And I... She might have bought it back. I don't remember the exact story, but she, the way she talks on the actual page, it sounds like she stole it. Like she was saying all stuff, she liberated it from the slaughterhouse, and so that that sounds like she stole the animal. Yeah. Um, and it's like that kind of thing, which like I understand. It's it's hard to get rid of that animal that you raised for all all that time, but. Like, there, there's got to be a line a line you draw somewhere. You sign that contract because you wanted to learn about the production of, of swine. You wanted to learn about, you know, um, the industry. and You wanted to help people. There, You can't be selfish and just take that pig back home and never, ever butcher it. Just sit there and what happens when it dies? What are you going to do with it? It's probably going to be old and gross and this meat's not going to be good at that point. Like... And she posts pictures of her like cleaning the pig's pen and she's like barefoot while she's cleaning the pen and that's a really good way to get hookworm. Um, so I think it kind of just shows that like some kids that go in and show these animals they're not as aware of what the responsibility is going to take and then they get sad when they have to go watch their animal die. And it's not like they're watching the actual animal die. They just they watch them go up on the trailer and yeah. they know that where they're going.
1: One year at the fair, um, I didn't show a steer but i showed a goat and i've been around cows my entire life i know how it works you raise the cows then they go to feed a family right but i it was a little harder for me to do a goat because it was like it was all little it was so cute (laughs) and i was like i've never eaten a goat in my life so i was like nobody's even gonna eat them like this is so sad but then um whenever i was feeling like that i was like this is so sad i don't know why i signed up for this so I started doing research, and I realized, okay, people actually do use yeah. goats. This isn't just going to waste. Yeah. And then it made me feel a little bit better about where he was going.
0: Right. And and that's what really it all boils down to is kids need to understand what the, the bigger picture of this thing is. And mm-hmm. this this goes further than just FFA students. Like, this is people in general that have to see this kind of stuff. I mean, Evan and I, in our second episode of this podcast, um, we, we were talking about how like you're driving down the highway and you see a truck with cages full of chickens and you know people see that and they think that that's cruel and that's miserable and that's torture Evan was talking about well you can't really stand up in in your car either like you're kind of confined in that area and it's something that was pretty funny at the time but it's uh, it's true like what do you expect them to do just have like this open cage where they can just you know walk around the, the bed of the truck like they're gonna fall out and they're gonna probably die Yeah. um so like people don't understand what goes into these industries and they like to criticize these industries for being cruel or inhumane, and then they'll go across the street and buy a chicken sandwich without realizing that that's what they're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. the, yeah. It's just it's just a matter of like people need to mm-hmm. be more aware. It's kind of a double standard.
2: Another thing that I was thinking about with this particular topic is a lot of people... I'm trying to find the right way to word <laughs> this. Um, a lot of the same people that are for animal rights will talk... Badly about criminals and call said criminals animals. So, like, it's like <laughs> those people are animals. Well, <laughs> if you think animals should be treated like humans, then those criminals are not animals. So, what do you think? Do you think animals are animals or do you think? criminals are just fine people who should be treated humanely just like animals because if you're going to call them animals and not treat them like well, animals
0: then what's the difference i actually regard my cows higher than murderers so exactly <laughs> but on that same note i mean there's there's always arguments of the environmental risks of having an animal agriculture uh, facility you know they say all the time that cows produce more methane than anything else in the world and on that i just mm. i, I don't agree there have been tons of studies to show that animal agriculture actually produces way less methane than a lot of other more productive or uh, more industrious for lack Industrial. of a better word um industries i mean like you got the Industrial. automobile industry yeah there you go um you got the the automobile industry, industry producing way more greenhouse gases than animal agriculture will ever produce and like there is crop production also produces a, a decent amount of carbon footprint because you, you have like tractors driving in and out of the fields and you have, you know, all this stuff going on. So it's like, why just blame the animals they are being farmed on, you know, the whole global warming issue? And they always say, well, we should release all the animals back into the wild and return it to its natural... Um, and I said, well... No. They're still... What's... Yeah, and... and, and, and <laughs> They're still producing... That's still... Yeah, and what are you going to do? Just kill them all off? Because then you're the monster. Like, you just had a genocide of, of cows because you're worried about them leaving a carbon footprint. Like, and not to say that... Like I'm not trying to heavily criticize these people. I'm just I'm trying to poke holes in, in their argument of this. They're saying that it's not natural for us to keep animals in cages, but it's also not natural for them to drive cars or sit in their house or you know have the air conditioner on or even text on a phone. Like there's a lot of things that aren't natural in the world, and that's good. We we need things to not be natural because then that makes our lives better. If if everything was natural, we'd be living in trees right now, yeah. and nobody wants to live in a tree. I'm sorry, but um, yeah. So that's just. My little, uh, my mini rant on on the whole natural issue, kind of, whatever. Anyway, so there was one thing I wanted to go over. Do either of you know the actual origin of the animal rights movement? Yes. Evan, you want to uh, enlighten? No, because I'm not as good. As, <laughs> I don't know what that's that good as you do. So, animal rights are they're like the protection. Walt of Walt anim- Disney. Correct. The what? animal rights are the protection of of, of animals has existed for forever like leonard da vinci wouldn't eat anything with the face like that's that's always been a belief but the actual animal rights movement or the movement to uh, reduce animal abuse or, or try to uh, or basically eradicate a lot of the things that we um, see as natural or not natural but like fine with taking care of animals like walking dogs on a leash for example um that whole movement started back in Uh, the 1940s? Is that when... Okay, so, well, 1928 is when Walt Disney produced his first ever animation with an animal in it. That was Steamboat Willie. He had Mickey Mouse flying the airplane. That was the first time that a cartoon animal had ever had um, human aspects. They were, you know, walking and they they they're steering a boat, and that's called anthropomorphism. It's, you know, applying... Yes, anthropomorphism. It's applying animal qualities to a non, or it's applying human qualities to a non-human. And so, by doing this, they created, or Walt Disney unintentionally, because he wasn't trying to start this whole revolution, he created this whole stigma that animals are human now because they can do things that are human, even though it's just a movie. And this really didn't start to become an issue until the mid '40s. I, I want to say it's the mid '40s. I could be wrong about this, but when the movie Bambi came out. Because in Bambi, you had to watch his mom die. Yeah. And that was kind of the big, you know, that changed everything. Everyone saw hunting as bad now because you had to watch this this deer who can talk. You had to watch his mom die. You had to watch him go through that emotional struggle of, of losing his mom. And animals don't go through that in in the real world. If, if you shoot a deer or a doe, it's it's the baby's not going to realize. I mean... It, it depends on the age of the baby but more often than not it's not going to realize that that was its mother in the first place they don't have the same emotional connection that a lot of humans do yeah Uh, animals at a very young age and the wild animals detach from their parents very young right I mean relative to humans right and and uh, you always see the videos of like the uh, the dairy workers pulling a calf away from the cow and the cow freaks out and that, that doesn't happen I I've pulled calves away from cows before and put them in hutches. You take them back three days later, it doesn't even remember that was its calf. They no. don't have the same cognitive ability that humans do to recognize. They recognize things off of smell mostly. That's how most animals recognize things. And if like that's why if you take a bird away from its nest or a cat or a kitten away from its litter, it's not going to recognize it because it doesn't smell the same. So they think it's foreign. They, they don't have like they can't just look at it and say, oh, that's my baby, because they don't have that same ability that we do. And that's something that is very often um looked over, I guess, for lack of a better uh phraseology, or where did we learn the word that we learned last episode. Um <laughs> Hey guys, Brendan here. So I'm recording this after uh this discussion was over. It ended up being over an hour long, so I split it into two episodes, uh kinda like how we were talking towards the beginning of the episode that we might have to do that. So uh, just like with urbanization, make sure you check out both parts to get the full conversation. It just gets better from here, I promise you. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to cut in here and kind of let you guys know what's going on for uh, next week. So, yeah, I hope to see you again. And don't forget, if you ate today, thank a farmer.